0: Well, hey, hello there, everybody. Welcome to this episode of the Burt Not Ernie Show podcast, getting the promises of God into the people of God, and I firmly believe that's where they belong. When we know God's promises and we believe God's promises, and we live in a state of prayerful expectation and continual hope in the goodness of our God, as it says in Psalm 84, I will yet see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. When we live like that, you know what changes? Well... Nothing less than everything. So I'm so glad you're here. And today, today is actually kind of a special day, like kind of an awesome day in the world of podcasting. The day that this episode releases, a very last day of September 2022, it is International Podcast Day. How fun is that? Super fun for me. Maybe not so fun outside of the world of podcasting, but within the world of podcasting, it's kind of like, you know, this is like that day. It's when you can just throw up that hashtag. Hashtag International Podcast Day, if you want to know the actual hashtag. And, you know, you can share maybe like a bit more broadly than you normally do and talk about your podcast if maybe you normally don't talk much about it. It's a super fun day in this kind of world. And I got to say, because it's International Podcast Day, I have to ask, would you share this episode today? Just like this is the day to ask for those shares. So I'm asking. And also, I got to say, I am so excited about the work that the Lord is doing through Christian podcasters. I am not knocking other podcasts that are not Christian based, not at all. I am just saying that Christian podcasters, that's kind of my, that's my lane and I run in it, right? They're doing a work that is reaching vast corners of the world. And not everybody knows this. It's, it's incredible. Um and so this is a day to celebrate and to say thank you Lord. Thank you Lord that you're letting your people who love you be part of what you're doing to fulfill the great commission and to the equipping of the saints, you know, to uh be a disciple who makes disciples. It's really cool. And if you didn't know, most podcasts are Christian. You may not know that based on just what you see on Spotify, what comes up when you open up podcasts, but or Apple Podcasts or or wherever you listen but it's nevertheless it's true they are the most like the biggest category of podcasts or christian podcasts that's pretty cool isn't that amazing i love that that's amazing so um i'm just excited about the work that the lord is doing and he is doing a work not just me when i look at my downloads and i see globally where they're coming from around the world there are people i know in the podcasting realm who have really far reaching downloads like they are reaching the nations it's beautiful to be able to share about the Lord in this way, because it just, boom, lands directly in people's ears all around the world. Isn't that incredible? It's a wonderful way that we get to utilize and take advantage of this era in which we live, like think technology here, and just share about the Lord. So would you share today's episode? Because it's kind of podcaster's day, so I guess it's kind of my day, and um, I'm going to be pulling an episode From the Vault, this is actually just my introduction. I'll be sharing that episode in a moment, but don't tune out because it's a From the Vault episode, and I've got to tell you why. This episode that I'm sharing today, I'm going to be talking about one of my, well, really all-time absolute favorite Bible verses, and by favorite, I mean most impactful on my life personally, and we're not islands, right? No man is an island, so what impacts me has impacted the people around me, starting in my family and rippling out from there, so It's been a game changer, this one verse I'm going to share today, like a life changer for me and my parenting. And that spreads into your marriage because when you're a little rough around the edges or a lot rough around the edges in your parenting, it bleeds over into your marriage. Am I right? I'm right about that. Um, It changed things as far as like my understanding of how the Lord cares for me, how he takes care of me. It can do the same thing for you because it's God's word, it's not me speaking that makes a difference. It's I'm sharing today about something from the Bible that changed the entirety of my life. And it can do the same for you because God's word is living and active. It's not stagnant. It's certainly not dead. It changed. um, It actually guided me so much in my decisions, like the actual decision making process. Just one verse from the Old Testament book of Isaiah, chapter 40, verse 11. And it is an awesome verse. So, And the reason I'm pulling this from the vault is because I am on a sabbatical for my health. Um, People who might be a new listener, listeners may not know that uh, why I'm kind of recycling older episodes, not really recycling. I mean, that's, it's still good content. So it's recycling in a pot. I guess it is recycling in a positive way. In, um, in 2016, I was given a diagnosis of heart failure and, Here in 2022, I kind of got called to the carpet, so to speak, not in a mean way, not in 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 an abrupt way, but my kids, a couple of actually some of a couple of my kids and my husband just kind of called me out on the fact that I was not doing what I needed to do for primarily my heart health and then some other things that are also pretty critical to my health, right? Um, I just, they reminded me I needed to get this stuff figured out, to get some things into like a strong habitual routine. Take the time to do that instead of trying to squeeze in health stuff here and there willy-nilly when I got around to it. You know, the get around to it is like uh, often we never get around to it. Things were getting too serious for me to keep dilly-dallying around. So when the calendar revealed to me that I was just a handful of weeks away from, um, like being one entire year removed from an appointment I had with Mayo, I was just convicted that I had not done the things that Mayo had said to do. Those things went hand in glove with what the Cleveland Clinic wanted me to do, which is where my heart stuff has been treated. And um, I I listened and I'm on that health sabbatical right now, getting stuff into a habitual, solid routine, making some really big changes in my life. Um, and so that's an FYI in case anybody might be new and wondering is my show why is it like this? Why are they from the bald episodes? Don't worry, a couple more weeks. I'm gonna be back at it. I'm creating and recording new content content, talking boldly about God's promises and our identity in Christ, and also talking more about prayer. Because when we pray God's promises, oh, that's just something I get really excited about. So watch for that. That's like coming soon. Um today. Just as in like this very exact day, I am feeling really, really good. You might be able to hear it in my voice. And I want to give a big thank you, a huge thank you to a friend of mine, Jerry. She messaged me to let me know that she was praying for me yesterday. Like the message timestamp was like 1.30 in the morning that the Lord had put on her heart to pray for me. I, how am I so blessed to have friends like that? I'm just, I'm in awe of just what a tremendous friend group I have and of Jerry in particular at this moment right now. So thank you. You know, listen, today is a really good day yesterday and really for several days prior, uh, my heart had been doing some things, doing some things. Now I can hide it pretty well. So if you like saw me in person over the last week or two weeks and you didn't know just kind of that I'm like dealing with weird arrhythmias and things, which is normal for what I'm doing. Like it's, it's, I'm, it's, it happens, right? Your heart arrhythmia will kind of get weird. Sometimes you'll get sicker before you get better kind of a thing. Like, I don't know if that makes sense, but sometimes that's, that's the case. Like think post-op, I didn't have surgery, but it's that kind of a recovery time adjusting to these new things. So, um, and it's just how I am. Like I hide it pretty well. So one time I sat through a conversation in a small group talking and listening. And uh, the whole time this medication I was on had just started working to reset my heart rhythm. And later the cardiologist told me the discomfort I'd had that day was actually heart attacks, like short ones, but heart attacks. So during that small group, I'm just like chatting and talking and kind of pausing and trying to hide on my face like Oh, what is that? But I had six heart attacks. I counted them because it was really uncomfortable. And I had a couple more Later with that medicine. So like a total of eight that I counted. So um, it was uncomfortable. They were short. It's kind of scary. But if you saw me in person that that small group, I don't think anybody even noticed at all. Um, So if you didn't notice, I was feeling yucky. It's on me. It's not on you. I don't know if it's just because I'm like an Irish woman. I don't know. But anyway, today, you know, Irish women, we mask things pretty well, I guess. But today I'm just it's a good day. feel like a new person today. Thank you, Jerry. My prayer is that the Lord blesses you a hundredfold in return. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So if there's something God is calling you to do, like a time of rest or start a new project, say he's asking you to just um, maybe do something where it feels like you're pressing pause, pressing the pause button on things, one thing, your whole life, whatever, God's asking you to do it. Would you just go ahead and do it? Because God will bless it. He wants you to do that thing. That's why he's putting that thing on your heart and mind. So go ahead and do it. He loves you enough to lay on your heart to do that specific thing. If you have people that God has placed in your life who love you enough to tell you what you really need to hear, please, please listen. That's a gift from the Lord. Take heed. You know, God speaks to us through his word, which is, of course, the Bible. And remember when Jesus said that it was better for us that he go away so the Holy Spirit would come, remind us of everything that he had taught, teach us the things we need to know, guide us, counsel us. Like, how amazing is it that God has all these things in place to lead us, to help us, to comfort us, to tell us what we need to hear, bless us, encourage us, protect us, It's for our good, and it's also for his glory. So if there's a thing, take notice from me. I'm doing it. If I can do it, you can surely do it. Do that thing. Okay, I'm going to get to the episode from Isaiah in one second. But first, I want to share a verse with you today that the Lord just said, share this. This will encourage some people, and I hope it encourages you. It's from Psalm 55, and it says this, Cast your cares on the Lord, and he will sustain you. He will never let the righteous be shaken. All right, I'm going to read it again, and if you've listened to the show for a while, you know I often talk about that word will when we find it in a verse in one of God's promises, and this is a promise, right? If we do the casting, cast your cares on the Lord, do the casting, it says he will sustain us. So I'm going to read it again. I'm going to put emphasis on that word will because this really cements in my heart and in my mind that God means it. When he says will, he means it. He's not playing around. He's not messing around. His will, God's will does not mean maybe. When he says will, it means will. This is absolute. So I'm going to read it again. And while I read, I want you to think about what cares you have that you need to cast on the Lord today. So first of all, think about that. I mean it. That's like the first part of this verse is to cast your cares on the Lord. Right. It rings true to what Peter said about casting your cares on the Lord, uh, your burdens on him and what Jesus said about taking his yoke upon you and learning from him because he's he's gentle and lowly in heart and his in his yoke is um, gentle and light. I've heard people say that the Old Testament doesn't apply to them. And honestly, for me, I'm really careful to go too far along that line of thinking, because you know there are people who don't ever open their Old Testament and read it because they followed that path that far. So um, read your Bible, the whole of your Bible. All of it is God's word, right? Uh, and remember that when we have something like a promise like this, Psalm fifty-five twenty-two, that is also really just backed up and confirmed in the New Testament, in 1 Peter, and Jesus' words, you, you can believe this. It applies to you, right? Because look, here's, here's the dealio. God wants you to cast your cares on him. So his enemy, the devil, does not want you to do that. Sometimes that little weird sense we get that we shouldn't really be paying much attention to what's in the Old Testament, it could be coming from the enemy trying to do what he does, which is to kill, steal, and destroy. But Jesus came that you might have life and have it to the full. And part of having it to the full is reading the whole counsel, all of God's word, Old and New Testament. So that's just a little side note in case you might Ever feel like things from the Old Testament aren't for you? This verse is for you. Open your Old Testament and read it just like you read the New Testament because it's in the Bible for a reason for you to read it. It's not like more than half the Bible is there for you to never read. That would be silliness. That's definitely not God's will. Okay, so what do you need to cast on Him? Cast your cares on the Lord and He will sustain you. He will never let the righteous be shaken. So cast them. Get about casting them on the Lord. Don't try to pretty them up first. You know, you don't need to set aside a couple of hours in a coffee shop. Or in a quiet park in order to do this. To write them all out on pretty stationary. Now this says cast. Think of throwing off a heavy burden. Like the very moment that you can do that. You take those work boots off because your feet hurt. The very moment that you can get up and stretch after that really long flight. Your legs are you like you've been cramped and you need to stretch your legs. You do it as soon as you're able to. This is similar. Cast those cares as soon as you are able. And how often are you able? Well whenever you realize that you're carrying a heavy burden, a heavy care, that's when you want to cast it. Don't wait for a better time. There isn't a better time. This is the better time. If you feel like maybe you don't have time to do that right now, I want to I wanna say, well, when a wasp is like coming at you, do you have time to shoo it away or do you wait? Do you ponder? I don't know if I got time right now. Maybe I should. Uh, uh, no, you just shoo it away, right? You, you move quickly. Casting these off of yourself and onto the Lord. Like think of it as like chucking them. It doesn't have to take a ton of time. Like shooing that wasp away, chuck these things away. Just do it now. Why am I saying this? Because this is what the Bible says to do. So do as the Bible says. And once you do that casting of your cares onto the Lord, what will happen? Here's the promise. He will sustain you. What's better than that? He will do it with complete ability, authority, and perfection. Perfection. His sustaining of you is not going to be haphazard or partial or incomplete. You can count on this. He will sustain you. He will never let the righteous be shaken. Now, you and I, we're not righteous in and of ourselves. There's a 0% chance of that, like less than zero, like negative 87 bazillion percent chance I'll ever be righteous myself. But God sees us through Jesus. We are literally gifted his righteousness because of his shed blood, because of the forgiveness He obtained for us at Calvary. So this promise applies to all who know Jesus, who've repented of their sins, received his forgiveness, and made him Lord of their life. It's our promise, and it is beautiful. Cast your cares on the Lord today. He will sustain you, and he'll never let you be shaken because you are righteous in him. So this is your promise. All right, that's the intro for this episode. Thank you for listening. And don't forget, it's International Podcast Day, so please, please, pretty please, please, share this episode. I mean, it only comes around once a year. All right. Thanks so much. You're listening to The Burt Not Ernie Show, part of the Spark Network, now playing in the Edify app. This is episode 120. Well, hello there. My name is Jan Burt, and this is my podcast, The Burt Not Ernie Show, where we talk about God's promises and the hope those promises bring to our everyday lives. Whenever I meet somebody new, I introduce myself as Jan Burt and say, like Burt and Ernie, since it's easy to confuse my last name with a different one, and almost always people smile when they think of Bert and Ernie. That got me thinking. I'm a Bert, and I'm not an Ernie. But how often do we live as if we're someone God never meant for us to be? Part of knowing who you are is knowing who you're not, hence the name The Bert Not Ernie Show. I'm so glad you're here. Let's dig into God's promises. Well, hey, hello there, everybody. Janelle Burt here, and I am bringing you episode number 44 of the Burt Not Ernie Show. I am, I am super glad that you're here. I've been praying that you are doing well, that you're walking in the Lord's favor, and you're abounding in peace. And of course, of course, of course, that you're believing that every single one of God's promises is true, because not only are they true, they are all true for Y-O-U-U. Okay, so... The last episode, last time I mentioned that, I was going to talk a little bit about something um, something in this episode that's not really a bad thing, not a bad concept, not a bad idea. I just want to share about kind of what the Lord, the work he did in my heart regarding the way I approach this particular subject, this thing, Um so this is just from my heart to you. If it encourages you and blesses you, that's awesome. That's what I'm after. Maybe it'll bring somebody some peace of mind that they, they could really use right now um, or grant some freedom to some of you because 2 Corinthians 3.17 tells us that where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And so I'm always, always desiring more and more of that freedom. And I hope that you are too. If it's God's will for me, man, I want to be all about that. And the opposite is, is like, would be lack of freedom, would be bondage, would be being enslaved to anything. The opposite of freedom is usually going to be at the tippy top of Satan's agenda for us. He's going to put that at the top of his daily to-do list to to take away the freedom of God's people and to put us into bondage somehow. So let's get after freedom, right? Let's get let's go to it. Let's not be um, playing along with Satan's endgame. Here we go. Okay, have you heard the saying, and I know you have, Find a need and fill it. Okay, well, um, all right, let me just give you the backstory. I'll go fast so you know why this um, change had to happen in my heart regarding the whole find a need and fill it mentality. Um, I don't know if it's a mentality, not really. Uh, it's a great idea. I should say that rather than mentality. Okay, so um, Jesus saved me in my early 20s, and I did not really have a church background. I went to church a little bit, like when I was a toddler with my grandparents when my little brother and I lived with them, but no real church background or understanding. I did not grasp that much when I was like three. And so I just didn't, I'm telling you, I basically knew nothing. Zero zip, nada, nil, none. So uh, I got saved at home watching TV, right? So I'm going to give you the backstory to this so you know why it matters that I got saved at home watching TV. Um, Well, it matters to me because that's where I got saved. So, But here's why It matters to today's podcast episode. Okay, so I had been making a drive regularly from Kansas to Nebraska. And this one night I was driving, it was late. I'd already worked all day. And so, because, you know, when you have a weekend off and you need to go back and spend it with family, like I wanted to go back and see my mom and see family, you can't really leave Saturday morning and then head back Sunday afternoon, or you end up like you're going, you're making the trip for 12 hours. So I left Friday. Friday evening after work. So I was headed north on Highway 81. If you're a Kansan, you might know where that is. And it was, man, it was the dead of night, um, kind of a clear sky night, which sounds silly, but uh, I can, some I would, I preferred the dead, the, the nights where, mm, let's see, not cloudy because I wanted to, there was a dead spot in there where there were no radio stations. And so if there wasn't a lot of cloud coverage, I knew that I could, worst case scenario, Scroll through the AM radio stations and find something from it. broadened my options. You can get AM stations farther away if there isn't a lot of cloud coverage. Okay, if if, the, if there's not inclement weather. So it was a nice night for that. So I'm driving along. I kind of know where that spot is. You get out by the exit to um, head toward Manhattan, Kansas. And you know, I didn't have a CD player, or a tape deck in my baby blue 1988 Chevy Beretta, so I was just kind of doing a scroll in that in that dead zone. And I thought maybe I'll find a country station or some AM talk radio, just something to listen to. Well, not on this particular night. On this night, the only thing that I could find on every single station that I landed on when I would hit that seek button on my car stereo was dun, 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 a preacher, a preacher. Okay. It turned out it was Charles Stanley. I had no idea who that was back then. Um, I was as lost as like a penguin in the Sahara. I just knew nothing about the Lord. Nothing. Well, this man with a Southern accent was on every single radio station. The the same exact program broadcast. Okay. So it was the same, same thing was playing on every radio station, but he was on every single radio station. Well, um, you know, I needed something to listen to, to try and, you know, help keep me awake, of course, but, um, you know, there, there there's just not a lot of even houses or, or lights on that stretch of road back then before they rerouted Highway 81. And plus, you know, honestly, I was kind of freaked out. You know, like this preacher guy was on all my stations, AM or FM. Uh, it was pretty freaky to me. I think it would have freaked out almost anybody. So I listened for the whole half hour or so of his radio show. I only had that one station and more so than like the exact words he said, that situation stuck with me from that night, if that makes sense. Like the weirdness of the fact that this guy with this, he has a unique voice. His unique voice was on all of my radio stations that night, right? So, okay, so now you fast forward and not much later, probably, I don't know, maybe a year later, I'm at home in my living room in our... um. It wasn't really a duplex. It was a quadplex upstairs in Kansas, which later was destroyed by a tornado. I'm so thankful we didn't live there then. Like it was gone. There was a minivan in the remaining upstairs portion of the the apartment that we lived in. So um, anyway, so I'm at home in that living room pre-tornado destruction and scrolling through TV channels and boom, I hear a familiar voice. And I'm like, oh, that's that voice of that guy from that night when the radio would only play his his stuff. Charles Stanley. So watching that TV program, I gave my life to Jesus in my living room and boy, has it been a ride ever since. So now you know the Charles Stanley story and backstory. So um started the work on the road years in advance and then used the familiarity of that voice to draw me in to watch a TV program where I where the Lord knew I would yield and give my life to Jesus. So um super cool, right? So but again, I did like I knew nothing, like I said before. I would I found a classified ad in the newspaper. If you are a youngster listening to this, ask. um, you might need to ask your parents, what's a classified ad? So um, I did a mail-in Bible study each week. I found a classified ad. I I grabbed like a $2 Bible that I found in a back corner at Walmart, and I started reading that. But I really didn't know anything. I didn't know how to find a church home. I didn't know what to look for. Um, And then once I did, it ended up being a really big church, a mega church. I had some acquaintance that I knew that was, um, they lived in the apartment building and they were kind of going to church just to go to church, sort of, if that makes sense. I mean, it was just kind of what they wanted to do when their, their child was a little one. So I went with them, big church, you're talking mega church. So, um, you know, and I didn't walk in there thinking that I needed to let anybody know I was a new Christian. I just went to church each week, And uh, at that point, my husband and I had a little guy, our our firstborn, our only son, and um, I would, you know, my husband was not saved yet. He was raised a Mormon. If you ever want to know more about that, he's actually starting a YouTube channel to share about his testimony because it's pretty powerful. So um, I will be sharing about that soon, and I'll find the when he's ready, I will let you know what the name of his YouTube channel is, like when he's when he's um when he's ready for me to do that. But anyway, so he wasn't saved, just me going to church with our little one and I was pregnant expecting our second child who would be our first daughter. So um I just went to church each week and I would hand him over to the nursery and I wasn't really mentored or helped as a new believer because I didn't know that I needed to say I basically have only been saved a teeny amount of time. I don't, you know, I really don't know anything about this. I think it just seemed like I was just another person coming to church. So um, then pretty soon I was asked to start serving, right? There wasn't really discipleship because I don't think anybody had any clue that I was just like just brand new baby saved Uh, because if they did, I don't think they would have been like asking me to do all this service stuff. So of course they asked me to serve in the nursery or where my son was. So yep, right away dove headlong into children's ministry. My son was just a little guy, and I loved helping out in the area where he was. And I didn't, it totally made sense to me. If you're blessed by this church and your children are in the nursery, then bless others by being in the nursery with their children. It just made sense to me. So, um, so I'm not saying I'm knocking service, I'm not. I loved it. But a funny thing started to kind of take place for me. There were, um, okay. since so the early nineties. Like I said, there were some ooh, ideas for women Christians in the nineties. I don't know if you remember this, but if you don't, or if you kind of avoided it all because of, um, you know, what you understood about your walk with the Lord, that's great. But there was kind of that wear a lot of denim rompers and jumpers. I don't know why that was a big thing, but I'm not opposed to modesty, but man, I'm telling you, it was like taken to the extreme here of like, you needed to be wearing that denim jumper and you grind your own wheat and, uh, Well, no, I don't. Okay. So, you know, if you do, you can kind of be in our group. And if not, well, so there's a lot of stuff like that going on. Um, Nothing major, but it just kind of made it hard for me to really figure out what was what, what was up, what was down. Uh, Later on, once I learned about Titus 2 and Proverbs 31, it wasn't that much later on because I was devouring my Bible every day, but I really started to search for ministries that fit those, right? I mean, to me, it was like, oh, Titus two, we're told the older women are to do this for the younger women. I'm a younger woman and a new Christian. Well, golly, there's gotta be, there's gotta be a Titus two ministry. There wasn't, can you believe it? Proverbs 31. Well, figure it out on your own. You know, we're more into the denim jumpers and the grind your wheat and serve your fingers to the bone. But as far as overall Proverbs 31, which again, take isn't about a denim jumper. It's about really your life outside of your time with the body of Christ, if that makes sense. So, And I just couldn't find that. So, you know, this is pre-internet days. So we were no interwebs. So that wasn't an option. I couldn't just do the Google. And I didn't really find anything as far as like what I was looking for in my local community. Um, eventually, I did find like one book in uh, a CBD, Christian book distributors catalog that I ordered. But uh, I went to small groups, of course. I was in my Bible Reading every single day, but in our small group, um, over the ensuing years, we had a lot of kids, and so I ended up serving a lot with the kids, and it was, um, it was just a lot, a lot of getting everything ready, packing the diaper bags, and take hauling across town, and then getting home late, and more than half the time, I was just in with the kids. So sitting in a back bedroom with kids, trying to keep them from, here's your three toys you can play with, and please don't touch anything else in this person's back bedroom kind of thing. So um, I had some ideas, I had some notions in my head that later on down the road, um, this Holy Spirit had to straighten out for me regarding find a need and fill it, okay? So that's, I want to get back to that. I sh- I'm want to. i showing you how how I got to a point where I didn't really appropriately understand Service in the kingdom of God. Okay. So I just was like, oh, you just find a need and fill it. This is just what you do. Okay. Look, that's just where I was at. Anybody else been there? You can raise your hand. I'm telling you, I lived there. I camped there. I uh, built a house there, not a tent. It was permanent dwelling. I was there for a long time. I was serving right. I was serving properly, you know, per the word of God. I knew serving in my home church was the right thing to do. I knew offering to help out at my small group was the right thing to do. And being in a small group was the right thing to do. I did not know that I needed to ask the Lord about each area I was serving in. Uh, you know, sometimes I would pray about things, but at this point, um, I didn't really pray about, should I do this? Should I not do this? Like you're in the small group, so you're going to serve here. Yeah, of course. Your kids are in children's ministry, so you're going to serve here. Yeah, of course. Well, when you had it before five children, uh, that's a lot of serving in each different area of children's ministry, right? And um, and I worked hard. And so, you know, there are a lot of moms who just would, oh, I'm sick, I can't come, can I trade, and then never trade back, right? So you know how that goes. So, and I'm not knocking anybody else in that boat. I'm just saying that was my reality. I didn't go to him and ask, should I, should I, you know, they call you on the phone, you're like, uh, I got to say yes or no, I guess I can. Sure, I'd want you to get better, or my parents are in town, I want to go to church with them and not be in the nursery. I just said yes a lot without saying, Lord, is this your will? You know, should I substitute for this person today? Should I be serving in all of my children's classrooms every month, right? Because you can do the math, five kids, uh, I was never going to church, right? I, I never, I was serving, never going to church. So you got a good idea about where I'm at. I didn't say, is this your will, Lord? I usually said yes when I was asked to help with something. Again, serving in your home church is right. Of course, helping out at your small group Bible study is right. Of course, I'm not saying it's not. But I was the mom of, what, well, that time, four little kiddos and pregnant with number five. And uh, by that point, okay, and my oldest was six years old, so I've got a lot of little kids. By that time, we would get to church around 8 a.m., that means we left our house at 730. That means I, I was up by six and getting the kids fed and ready and diaper bags and everything labeled. And it was a menagerie and trying to figure out what we were going to do for a late lunch because we did not have a super high income for the uh, amount of uh, mouths we were feeding, so to speak. Um, God always provided, but it's not like hitting the drive-thru was always going to be an option, if that makes sense. So we would get to church about 8 a.m. and we would leave between 1 and 1.30 and um, I had months and months and months straight Maybe, you know, string a lot of months together. Could even have been a year or more since I had been to a church service. Small group. I think I went to small groups at that church. I can remember three Sundays that I went in the course of six years. Um, I was spread too thin. I was overdoing it. All I did from 8 to 1 or one thirty was work and serve in children's ministry. Uh, some capacity. Uh, I mean, I'm telling you, I would think it had been a year since I'd been to church. Find a need and fill it. Find a need and fill it. That kind of cost me a lot in those early years as a new follower of Jesus. I wasn't growing in him probably or definitely the way that I should have. God blessed me and my time studying the Bible at home and and going to small groups and things. I'm telling you. He blessed me so much, and I never stopped being in the Word of God and spending as much time as I could in prayer. I mean, I would get up early before the kids were up, if that meant sometimes 4.30 when I did daycare at home, and then during nap time, I would try to read some more, you know, to finish up my Bible time, but I just was serving too much. Serving isn't wrong. It was not wrong. I was just doing all serving. All the time, and I didn't even know that I could check in with God about what I was doing, or slow down and make sure that I was going to church and Sunday school, uh, going to, doing be, you know, not to be there from eight to one and then back again by four, to work a few hours in the nursery and get home just in time to put my kids to bed. They would spend the afternoon on Sundays with their with uh, my husband home. He would stay home with them. You know, I was there thinking I got to be there so that they will have childcare for their evening small groups. Man, I was in pretty deep. And I honestly thought that I should just, um, you know, that it would, well, I don't know that I thought. I just got into a, a condition of I, my spiritual growth happened at home each morning and during nap time. And I just needed to keep serving. But it was too much. I had gone way overboard. Okay, so what did the Lord teach me about finding eat and fill it? Here's what. He laid on my heart one day that, um, that I needed to just step aside and listen, set aside. I needed to set aside, find a need and fill it. And I needed to learn what Jesus said and obey him. It's like, you know how when you get something from the Lord and it's not, um, it's not like an, exactly in words, but you know what he's saying. It was as if, if he was saying to me, no more find a need and fill it. How about what did Jesus say and obey it? Do what Jesus said. Well, um, you know, I, I, in my Bible every day, prayed a lot every day. And I thought, well, you show me then. You show me then. I know what Jesus said. I read my Bible every day. I'm reading books to help me to grow up and mature as a Christian. I'm teaching my children from the Word of God every day. So I'm in the Word. It's not like I had no idea what Jesus said. um, And I I wasn't not obeying him. I just needed to take that concept and apply it to all the areas I was serving, if that makes sense. And then as I as I said, I'm listening, Lord, I'm leaning in. Show me, show me more. You know, give me, give me the next step in this path. Show me where to walk, and I will walk in it. You know, this is the way, walk ye in it, the word of God says. And I believe that he would show me where to walk and what to do. And he did. Um, in my daily Bible reading, one day I was in Isaiah 40, right? So God gave me on that day, a life verse from Isaiah 40, verse 11, which says that God will gently lead those that are with young. Okay, it says more in the verse, but there's a sentence in there that says, He will gently lead those that are with young. Man, talk about a blessing. Talk about a blessing. If somebody needs to hear that today, Isaiah 40, might be a word for you. God will gently lead those that are with young. Talk about freedom. I mean, it was like, woohoo, jumping up and down. If God was not gentle, gently leading me from, from then on, if I was being pulled and pushed and plotted, well, you know, I had young ones. I knew that God meant what he said. I didn't need to be pushed and pulled and prodded and plotted and harangued and harassed. If I wasn't being gently led, it was not for me in that season. I could say, nope, you know, no, I can't. Thank you for asking. And and just, I was so blessed in that. That doesn't mean I never struggled with overcommitment. Um, and it doesn't mean I never look that I don't look back and say, boy, I wish I hadn't done this at that time but for the most part being gently led governed my life as a mom of youngsters so as i began to do what god said to obey those words in red you know well the way i'd lived with that finding a need and filling it kind of drifted away and here are some key differences that, that I found through the years looking back, comparing one to the other, right? So I start, that's the starting point where where the Lord gave spoke over me that I needed to make a change in my attitude, my heart attitude, gave me a verse that was easy to memorize, that could just be taken and applied to my life pretty much across the board in every scenario, which is the beauty of God's word. It fits every situation, circumstance, and need in every individual life, always, um well then of course God does more right so uh, with obedience to god's word i really found my callings homeschooling was a calling it it wasn't um like nobody nowhere could talk me out of it because i knew that i knew that i knew that god had called me to it and To not homeschool for me would have been disobedience, not saying that this is a hard and fast rule for everyone, but I'm saying for me, for our family, my husband and I knew if I did not homeschool, it would be sin. It was a calling, not a suggestion. So, um, I'm not judging anybody. I'm just giving you real world examples. I'm not saying you need to homeschool. I'm for some people, I've known people who homeschooled for a while and then stopped and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I will say it was the greatest twenty-five years of my life. I think for sure. So, but I want to. I'm sharing this so you have a real-world example of how going from finding need and fill it to having a calling impacted my behavior and my decisions and my use of time, which is what a calling from God will do, right? But when I was in the finding need and fill it thing, I, it wasn't. It wasn't a calling. Um, and I think what I've realized through the years about finding a need and doing that work. Um, is that it can be really temporary. You can, we've all met people who some new ministry starts at church and man, the sign-up sheet is full and everybody signs up and then it starts to trickle down and there's nobody serving in that area anymore. Well, they were finding a need and filling it. And so with that, it's not a commitment. It's not like you're making a covenant with the Lord. It's not like he's given you a calling and you're responding. You can't step away because it would be sin to just abandon the call of God on your life. When you're just serving to serve, you can step in and out of service anywhere, anytime you want. You can say, I don't have to serve in my home church because I did this thing, you know, over here, this, this work project or whatever. You see what I'm getting at with the changes you could, you could check out, you could punch out pretty much any old time you want because it's not the same as being called. It's not about obedience, Find a need and fill it is not really about heart level obedience to words in red, the call of Jesus. It's, it's about being helpful and responsible. For me, denim jumper wearing kind of lady. I didn't wear a lot of denim jumpers, but you, you get what I'm saying. Like, follow the rules. There's quite a difference there. And I could not just go back to find a need and fill it after I really saw the impact that it had had on my life, on my mothering on my discipleship. One was not even close to the other. One bore so much fruit and the other just left me tired. And listen, fruit bearing, um, it's personal. It shouldn't just be out there, look at somebody else's ministry and need is getting fulfilled because you're volunteering. God has a ministry for each one of us. And it's, I don't need to just work to bear fruit for other people. That might be a part of what God has called me to but Jesus said in John 15, talked a lot about fruit bearing. It is to God's glory that we bear much fruit and more fruit, is how Jesus said it. And that means me individually, you individually, not just for someone else's ministry. I saw fruit being born that I wasn't seeing when I was just, you know, overdoing it. I, I dove headfirst into the pool and I would never came up for air. Okay, so I had an impact, a real impact on my life, which is what a call from God will do. It will have an impact And honestly, it's probably why a few years ago I started the Titus 2 Discipleship uh, member site, which is not a thing anymore, by the way. You can Google it, and I don't think you'll find anything because I shut that down. Um, Not for a bad reason. It just was not God's call for me in this next season of life that I'm in now. Um, It's probably why I started the Titus 2 Discipleship, the T2D ministry, and why I guard my time with Jesus every day so fiercely. Don't mess with my time with Jesus. You know, I mean, that's really, um, I guard it fiercely, and I hope you do too, and why a lot of what I do is aimed at believers and discipleship and knowing and doing God's will. That's my heart in ministry, whether it's this podcast, um, if it's something that I write for a magazine or um, the book I just finished, which um, I can't believe it. It's probably going to be on Amazon by the end of the week, but thats I really am I have a heart for discipleship. I think because I see what I didn't really know I needed to be doing as a brand new believer, I don't want anybody to miss out on genuine discipleship. So, And I don't know that everybody would just do what I did. I think some people would just feel like, I don't really know what I'm doing and start to drift and never really grow in the Lord. I'm not saying they'd walk away from the Lord. I'm not saying that at all. But They might not ever really know how to study their Bible or, you know, you know what I mean? How to have an effective prayer life. These things are really important. And if I'm a disciple, I'm going to be being discipled and making disciples. And it's much harder to do those things when the only disciple time you have is at home. Yes, time with the Lord every day, you and Jesus is vital. Don't trade that off for anything, but also be willing to let yourself be discipled by other believers and to disciple others who are coming along um, who, you know, who just need that. We need encouragement and fellowship and all those things. So so now that's the backstory in a lot of ways on why I have this podcast. So that's pretty much my spiel on find a need and fill it. And um, I'm telling you that Isaiah 40, verse changed my life. If you have young children, that is a verse for you. That is a verse for you. God has promised that he will gently lead you into the things he wants you to do. He will not rush you Hurry you along, pull you, prod you, he won't do it. So if you're feeling that way, I just want to encourage you to slow down, spend some time with the Lord, and pray through the areas of your life that are making you feel that way. Some things cannot be mitigated. I get that. I had times where, you know, if I had a kid having, you know, our middle child had multiple surgeries, there were sometimes it was just hectic, you know, a newborn baby and you're still trying to homeschool and hectic, but I was not being pulled and prodded. I was still gently led, even in those moments. And this applies to you, just you, not other people imposing things on you, you yourself. Sometimes you need to um, sit down when the kids are napping and just read your Bible, spend time in prayer, or take a nap yourself if you've been up all night for, you know, that week three with a newborn baby, I was so tired, woo, uh, it's not wrong. That's being gently led. So sometimes it's you don't have to go scrub the toilet necessarily right then even though you might think that's what I ought to be doing. You have to give yourself grace, extend grace to others, and understand that Isaiah 40, 11 is true for every mother of young children. And the find and need and fill it thing, that's just how God weaved all of this into my life. I, what I want to ask you to do is I really, really want to hear from you. I want to know if you've had an experience similar to this. When has God shown you a whole new way of looking at something? maybe even something really good, like serving people, and he just switched around your perspective, gave you a whole new set of eyes for it, please, please share. I want to hear. You can find me on Facebook in the Praying Through the Storm online prayer retreat, Or um, I do still have a Titus 2 Discipleship with Jan Elbert Facebook page. Find me there on Instagram at Jan Elbert. Or you can email me at JanElbert at Outlook.com. Leave a comment via whatever app you listen to the Burt Not Ernie show on. Help me to better disciple, right? To be a better disciple, to be discipled, but also be a better discipler of other people. Help me to grow in those areas that you've learned from. But I maybe have missed the boat on completely. I don't... um, I don't have the Titus 2 discipleship uh, member site anymore, but I have the same heart for Titus 2 ministry, women to women, discipling them. So really, I really mean it. I want to hear from you. Grow me up, y'all. Grow me up now. Okay, also, happy blessed Thanksgiving, and I mean blessed like walking in the Lord's favor. Have a wonderful Thanksgiving, whatever that looks like for you. Um, I'm going to put this podcast up probably on Wednesday afternoon, a little earlier, so that you can maybe hear it. Um, Whenever you hear this, even if you've had Thanksgiving, I hope it was great. And hey, this is uh, the absolute final last chance to be a beta tester for my 40-day devotional about God's promises. It is, uh, I have an official title, it's The Power of God's Will, 40 Days of God's Promises. And they're not really promises that I've talked about um, on the podcast, so it's uh, pretty much all it's fresh, it's new stuff. So, and I'm pretty happy with it. I hope that if even one person is blessed and encouraged to lean in and believe God's promises in a whole new way, how cool would that be? It would make, it would make it worth it. And believe it or not, it was a little bit of work, 22,000 words to write. It was a little bit of work, but if you want to be a beta tester, this is it. Find me at JanElbert at Outlook.com and let me know or find me on social media. And um, as soon as I get it formatted in my uh, designer program, um, I'm going to be getting out to my beta tester. So you can just kind of, um, it's your free copy. I ask that you not share it with anybody else, but, uh, it's just, um, if you could just like, give, give me an honest review in exchange for your free copy of the ebook. That's really all it's about. I just want to hear some feedback. Um, you know, if you've listened to the show very long, you know, I'm all about that word will. And so every verse in this 40 day devotional has the word will in it as it links to God's promises. Um, Man, it's a big deal when God says that he will do something and I want you to know that, right? Like today's verse Isaiah 40:11, he will gently lead those that are with young. You can count on that. You must count on that. You must believe God for it. And don't uh, don't be afraid to ask him to gently lead you and then don't be afraid to say no when you know you're not being gently led, no matter what. I don't care if it's your BFF from middle school and it's an emergency. If God is not gently leading you, it is okay to say no. It really is. And that's per the word of God. So some people would argue with that, but I don't think there's anything to argue with because God said it, not me. Um. So if you're interested in that, at Outlook.com and let me know. Find me on Instagram or Facebook and hit me up for a free copy of the ebook. Lord bless you. Lord bless you. No matter what your Thanksgiving looks like this year, Lord bless you and keep, keep believing these promises, all of them, share them with others. That's important. And I got to tell you, one of the things I'm most thankful for this year is all of you, all of you. Um, thank you for listening. It blesses me. Thank you for the comments I receive. I have all five star reviews on my podcast. Um, I'm really blessed by that. So I'm thankful. I'm thankful for each one of you. And I almost forgot in the online prayer group. Um, the Praying Through the Storm online prayer retreat on Facebook. That's what you search for in the search bar. We're going to have a couple of live sessions where we're going to talk about prayer and do some praying sometime right around the beginning of the month of December. And then we're going to do like three more sessions right around the new year because uh, we got to keep praying. We got to keep praying for each other. We have to. So you can join in. Um, it's it's free. You just watch videos. There's no like commitment or anything. You just join the group. It's a private group because prayer requests, let's keep them private. But just look for Praying Through the Storm online prayer retreat on Facebook. Ask to join. We'll get you added. Um, it's just to deepen our prayer lives. We got to head into Christmas and then into 2020 like we got to have a real focus on believing prayer for what's coming 2020. If it's taught us anything is that we've got to really have a heartfelt focus. Like we laser focused on prayer on the kind of praying that moves mountains. That's what we need. We need that. Do you need that? I need that. So I hope you'll join me there and invite your friends too. Um, the more, the merrier. Everybody's welcome. So join in and let's move forward in our prayer lives. Okay. I'm going to see you back here next time guys. And, uh, Thank you for everything. God bless you. I will put up some links in the show notes and that verse from Isaiah. And also, if you have a unique salvation story to share, you should share it with people, with believers because it's encouraging and with unbelievers if you can because they might be like, "Whoa, that's something else." I what in the world. People are drawn to things that seem supernatural by nature. And that's because God put that in them to draw them to Himself, and it's what Satan distorts by wanting him to get into things like it might be witchcraft or casting spells or all that stuff's all real. People play around in the supernatural in dark ways because Satan always tries to come in and hijack what God wants to do. So, if you have something you can share with people, uh, the the appeal is there. Your salvation story and what Jesus did in your life, the appeal is there by nature. Everybody's interested in things that seem supernatural, and you just don't know. You don't know how hungry somebody might be. You just don't know the work that God may have done in their life in advance. They may have had an experience like similar to mine. The prep work, the groundwork was laid when I couldn't find any other radio stations that night. The groundwork was laid. It was a beautiful thing to look back on. So you might be that for somebody. So don't be afraid to share your story. It, um, It's your story. It really happened. And it's really important. God didn't save you for no reason. And uh, you matter in the kingdom of God. You matter. Okay, I'll see you back here next time when it will be, oh my goodness, December. What in the world? All right. Lord bless you guys. Take care. Bye-bye. I'm so glad you joined me for this episode of the Burt Not Ernie Show. It's an honor and a blessing to talk about God's promises with you. Have a fabulous day and remember part of knowing who you are is knowing who you're not. Lord bless. I'll see you next time.